What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. What's up, everybody? It's been a second, but it's David, and you can find me on Twitter at DRivero1222. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. I'm so tired right now. I'm like, I'm borderline delirious, but let's do this. <laughs> I'm so ready. Happy December, everybody. It's your boy Maverick. You can find me on social media at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. I am a fan of a team, a football team that will have a winning record at the end of this season. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. We will get to that at a later time. But first, oh my goodness, I keep shaking my desk. I am not used to being where I am. I have moved since the last time we recorded this podcast. I'm still getting used to my surroundings. But friends, how are we? It's been a while. David, I have not talked to you in like 70 days. So how are you? I'm good. I'm just tired. I mean, Christmas break's coming up. Um it's like that that it's this time of year is just nuts because you know you're dealing with post Thanksgiving grogginess and then pre you know Christmas laziness. And so it's just I think we're all just ready for this break. I thought I I was fully prepared to be teaching online again because of how bad my county has been with, with the cases. Uh, but our our uh, board of education um likes to cat fight instead of making decisions. It makes for great TV, but not for great politics. <laughs> or I guess efficient politics. So I'm still teaching in person. Um, but we'll see how that ends up. But other than that, I'm doing good. None of my kids tested positive. I'm good. I'm healthy. That's um, good. Lauren's back in town. So I'm excited. Oh, that's great. Tell her to say, hey, I haven't talked to Lauren in a while. I will. I'll let y'all. She'll be here probably for the next one. She's just finishing up her last week of classes. Aaron, yeah. how's it going down in Chapel Hill? Things are fine. I don't know. Matt, how are things in Nashville? <laughs> you mean Maui, right? Maui, yes. Excuse me. <laughs> well, what was a pretty good weekend was completely soured today as I was sent to Whamhalla. <laughs> and I, I couldn't help it. It, it, it. There was no way I could get out of the way. So um, my disappointment is immeasurable and my day is ruined i'm so sorry brother i'm sorry to hear that i still have not heard the song last christmas by wham i also not avoiding it but i just haven't heard it so far but i, I, think, I think it was just more disappointing because i made it to the 18th last year and so i it was a much earlier exit this year it can't all be winners Speaking of how they can't all be winners. (laughs) Carolina basketball. We've had five games since the last time we have spoken to each other. We beat handily College of Charleston and UNLV. Had a bit of a struggle. Or four games, excuse me. Four games since the last talk. Um, Had a bit of a struggle against Stanford, but won in the end. And then had our annual December loss to Texas. So, team, how are we feeling about the Tar Heels men's basketball team? I feel generally okay. I mean, I I had low expectations against Texas just because of it being Texas. And, you know, in that first half, I think we're all like, well, yeah, it might as well go this way. But, you know, for a young team, and I tweeted this out, and I know that rational takes from my account aren't always a given, <laughs> but – you know, it's a young team. We're coming off of a, lo- a, a terrible season. We're starting two freshmen at guard. Um, and we're giving another freshman serious playing time at the five. Um, two freshmen serious playing time at the five. It's just, it's going to take a second to come together. They fought in the end. This team has the talent. It has the ability. It's just got to, you know, it's just, it turned out that way. I mean, we were tied and they hit a, they hit a buzzer beater. I mean, you can't really ask for, you know, it was a game. And I I honestly feel like we've played well defensively for the most part. Um, Even some of the shots they're hitting are well contested and some of them are nuts. So, I mean, it's, I, I feel generally okay about where they are. I feel like the having, 
two scoring guards on the floor at the same time causes a little bit. None of them are, are like a Kendall Marshall, like, oh, obviously Kendall Marshall is like a high bar, but like none of them are like <laughs> distributors yet. Um, but I feel like they have the potential to get there. Uh, I'm really happy with the bigs. I, I, I feel like everyone can um, at least speak to how, how much uh, excitement there is for the, the young bigs. Uh, I'm a little surprised Garrison has gotten off to a slow start, uh, but some people probably aren't surprised because we kind of knew that he wasn't going to have to be playing as much or do as much heavy lifting this year as he did last year. So, yeah, those are kind of my thoughts. I think generally speaking, we are in almost every category better than last year. Now I know that is a very low bar that was set, but it's still at least good. We are still not the level of, competition or level of playing consistent i would think with what we are used to um but and again i think that's just a idea of the, the the inexperience on the team but on the other side of that coin a lot of our younger players are getting very decent playing time to start out so i think it's something that can come together a lot quicker like i said our, our floor and our ceiling are complete are very much higher than last year so it's a positive it just remains to see what exactly the ceiling is for the team Yeah, I think that there is a lot to be optimistic about with this team. I think that we know that there's going to be some growing pains because we've got a very young roster, but we've seen a lot of potential. I think offensively, we have way more scoring ability than we had a year ago. And Armando looks better. I've been looking at Ken Palm. And the one thing that's jumped out for me from looking at our Kim Palm scouting report is that we are sixth in the country in block percentage. We block 17% of shots that come our way. That's really good. Our interior defense is a lot of blocks. Our interior defense has been great, and that makes everything easier for everything else that's happening. Right now, we are 14th in the country in adjusted defense. Um, that's the best defense per possession or per 100 possessions is how um, Kim Palm does it, which is good. The offense could be better. We are not shooting the ball very well. We still have a good amount of possessions per game, which is how we have been scoring. But the thing that we're struggling with is life ball turnovers, also known as steals, opponent steals. And a couple of our turnovers have been from Caleb pushing, Caleb Love pushing the ball up the court um, and trying to get like that lead pass going to give the bigs an easy basket. And they've, those passes have almost all gone out of bounds. And I appreciate the aggressiveness from Caleb there. I feel like he can coach aggressiveness. He can't crisp passivity. So I will take those sorts of mistakes, but we have got to do better with the steals. A lot of it, from what I have seen, has been passing angles. And it's something I've talked about on Twitter, is that when we went, the team knows and the guards and the wings know that the strength of this team is the bigs. So they're trying to get the ball to the bigs every possession, as they should be, just getting them a touch, and if the bigs kick it back out, they kick it back out. They have been trying to force the ball in there into a window that's not there, and a lot of times they are the window is closed, and they dribble for a couple seconds, and they still try to make the pass instead of trying to move and give themselves a different angle or give the bigs a better shot of reposting and getting a better position. And that's where a lot of the steals are coming from. I feel like a lot of that is coachable. And in Maui, we saw three straight games. I think by the third game, everyone was tired. Texas was tired. We were tired. A lot of shots were falling short. And I think if we would have gotten a couple of days of practice between those games, where we could sit down and look at film and see what has gone wrong and having that time to for the coaches to sit down with the players and show them on a screen, this is what you're doing wrong. And this is how you fix it think that that sort of thing can go a long way we heard mac brown say for football the biggest change that you see in the football team is between week one and week two because you have that week of practice we didn't really have that week of practice between maui between the games and quote unquote maui Asheville. um 
So now that we've gotten that week of practice in film study where they can sit in that room and point out the things that went wrong, I think we might be able to see a jump from this team. Thing is, our next game is against Iowa. <laughs> Luka Garza is a bad boy. Okay, Luka Garza has been destroying, for the record, bad teams. That's what I was, that's what I was going to. Yeah. <laughs> Go like, ahead. Yeah. Exactly what he should be doing. Um, their last game was against um, crap. I knew this, and then it lost. My, I lost it. Um, Western Michigan or something. Yeah, like Western. Like you expect. Like I think he. He. I think he's the favorite to win the Wooden Award. Um, yeah. Right Western now, Illinois. Sorry. Yeah, and like he should. Ex- he should be doing exactly what he's doing. I think we will put up a better fight than Western Illinois as far as like battling him in the post. He is really good really skilled and he's going to give us issues but i don't think we're gonna lay down and 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 just you know um take the punishment um kind of like western illinois we have the depth at the four and the five now to throw at him um and he can't play the whole game you know like he we like we're good I, I feel like we have an opportunity to wear him out um but he is going to give us an issue so we'll see how it goes but it's gonna be tough it's gonna be a tough game Tough to follow up Texas with Iowa immediately with Ohio State and then what is it, NC State? Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough slate. He's, he's still doing wild numbers. He's shooting like 79% from two and 63% from three. Like this, the man is, is going off again against bad teams, but he's doing, like you say, he's doing what he's supposed to do against bad teams. This is going to be the best defense that Iowa has seen so far. Carolina uh, for basketball has had a decent defense this year. They're actually higher rated in defense than they are offense. So we will see how that goes. I wonder, I'm wondering what you all think of the guard play so far. Because for me, I really like RJ Davis. He's a really fun player. He's, he's sticking out to me personally as well. I think even more than Caleb is, despite Caleb, I think being more the more highly touted player, which makes me also feel better because I think RJ is probably the more likely to be a two, three year kind of player, which means we we're, we should be able to get him at least one more, two more years. I would say, but he can just score. He, despite being a six foot tall, he can score. He's got that. We all talked about it. And we all heard that he's got the, like that Joel Berry kind of in him, and he's as advertised. Yeah, right now he is the best three point shooter on the team. He is forty six percent from three on the year, which is by far the best of anyone else on the team. It just makes me more excited for Anthony Harris to come back, though. So R.J. Davis can R.J. Davis. I'm sorry can go to the second unit and lead that second unit. I feel like we're going to be so good when he can go back to playing the one. I think that's his natural position. I, he can play the two and he's been playing it pretty well so far. But when he, I feel like once he gets to be able to play that point guard position and be able to facilitate and score whenever he wants to, he's going to be really good. Yeah. Um, I think all the guards right now are having an issue with turnovers, including Leaky. I was really down on Leaky. Um, and then he had like a, a stretch of like a game and a half where he was starting to play well. But, um, I think just valuing possessions more, um, or there was a, there was a, I think the play that made me stand up in my seat and like say some curse words is watching Andrew Playtech like throw a very, very bad turnover right into the post, like directly into the hands of a guy from Texas. And I was like, Oh my freaking gosh. Um, I think we both but, tweeted you know, about that. <laughs> did we? We probably did. Um, but I, and I know that you know, Colby. You always tweet about like how the guards need to move to get a better angle on the pass, uh, on the passes. Um, so as long, I mean, once these guards learn how to make interior passes, I think we'll end up reaching our full potential. I don't know why Andrew Playtech doesn't know how to throw an inside pass at this point. <laughs> that one frustrates yeah. me more. Yeah, I'm looking at Kim Palm right now. Geeky's um, turnover rate so far is 18.9, which 
isn't good, but it's also not the worst on the team. It's troubling is Dayron Sharp, who has been a he's been a great post passer and also a bad post passer. He has the worst turnover rate on the team and also the best assist rate on the team, which is maddening because he's I feel like in a couple years he's going to be our Virginia beater for he when he gets the ball in the post and he knows that double team's coming and being able to know what to do with it once he gets the ball down there in a couple years or maybe even in a year he's going to be great i'm not sure he'll be able to do that this year i feel like a lot of what i've seen so far is oh we're going to be good i'm not sure if that team is there right now yeah i agree i think that a lot of it is going to come down to consistency because we've seen what they're capable of and we know that they're going to improve. It's just getting that good play more often than the bad play with all of our young players. Right. So the heels right now are three and one on the season. Perfectly respectable. We have games coming up against Iowa on Tuesday. Again, as always, we are recording on um, recording on Sunday, so we don't know um, if the two. I, we are assuming the Tuesday game is happening, and then Ohio State on Saturday, who is number twenty-three team in the country. Honestly, I don't. No season. Keeping any sort of track is higher than we are. I have not, but to be fair, I also didn't watch our last two games because they were in the middle of the workday. And Pom, we're, we are um, scheduled to lose that game. Game. feel like everything is 30 minutes away from anything else in Ohio, so. <laughs> Clearly you have not driven between Columbus and Cleveland. I have not. The only place I've been in Ohio is Cincinnati. <clears throat> Which is basically Kentucky, but still. Yeah. In Carolina basketball, before we talk about how bad Kentucky is. Coach Rob does wear his dang mask. I don't know if y'all have noticed. I've noticed that Roy always has his mask on correctly. Yeah. Coach Rob, though. Coach Rob wears a face shield and his mask below his nose. All the time. I do better. Gotta be better. Oh, also, one thing that we forgot to touch on. I'm famous. (laughs) I was on TV during the... Yes, that was. I mean, was it? I mean, the college Charleston game, right? It's a, it was the home of Charleston. I want to ask of the podcast Paul to see if he is actually the one that put Aaron on TV. I was going to say, I want to know if it was him. It's very, very possible. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on TV. Thank you. I'm hoping it's a regular occurrence. Because that would be fun. That sure. Work. Why not? We're in college back. Like I said, Duke is going to have, have some hoes at Cameron. They dropped one to state uh, about a week ago. David, you wanted to talk about Tucky. Yeah. Um. So they, I don't know. I walked against Kansas. I didn't today, but I, they kind of last year, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, uh, hope it'll be quite that bad, but it'd be interesting. Um, um, I'm surprised. I'm honest. I honestly that Duke lost at home, although Wendell Moore a rough time. He's having a r- every time I check his stat lines, like 0 for 8, 0 for 9. Oh, like, it's, he is a struggle busing. He's going to get out of the Carolina game. 
but um, but you know if you're if one of your your main guys is struggling, I mean, like you they've got their freshmen, they've got Matthew. Who's what, balling out? Yeah, year. Um, K likes to keep his rotation tight. One of your his guys isn't ring it. It gets kind of iffy. And when Jordan Goldwire is becoming one of your main contributors, you're he's there in trouble. Yeah, remember when um who's our dude um dude from the the white strike white um breaking away from three for an entire season and Coach K refused to sit him down. Six of that rotation. So Wendell Moore is gonna play, and like you said, I, I'm sure he's gonna get out of it, but has not been good so far. Yeah, Kentucky is not good. Not good at all. Villanova got pushed by Texas today. Texas might be better than we think they are, but I don't know. Uh they also lost to Virginia Tech earlier. Yeah, Mike Young's good for one of those every year. <laughs> but it was Georgia Tech that beat Kentucky, right? Yeah, it was. Isn't what's his name probably a senior year this year? Yes, Jose Alvarado. Um, finally, is a senior. Thank the Lord. I honestly thought Georgia Tech was going to be better than they are. They've already lost to Georgia State. But I feel like I mean the only they lost one player from last year that was like one of their major contributors. I thought that they were going to be like a, I'm thinking about the ACC tournament. They're, they were going to be like a Wednesday entry to the ACC tournament, getting that first day by. And now I'm not so sure. They have not looked good. I mean, they beat Kentucky, but again, they beat us last year. So I'm not sure how good of a win that is. So we will see. We will see. Shall we move on to college football? So Carolina beat Western yesterday. I'm not sure there's much for us to talk about except talking about the Miami game. Is there anything y'all want to talk about? It was UNC football scoregami, like the tweet that I sent y'all. In something like 1,300 games in program history, that was the first time ever that we'd had a game that ended in a score of 49-9. I was... Really, I didn't pay attention too much to the game. I knew we were going to win. But uh, I also found it hilarious when y'all were like, unleash Jacoby Criswell. And, and then the first like, let play. Him pass, let played. him pass. And then <laughs> he an interception. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> He's got flashes of being really good, but they are between flashes of him being really bad. He'll learn. Yeah. It'll definitely be interesting between him and Drake May. Yeah. Well, that's what I, when I sent the message yesterday, I was like thinking about how next year our quarterback room is going to be Sam Howell, Jacoby Criswell, and Drake May. And three years ago, our quarterback room was Chaz Surratt, Nathan Elliott, and Brandon Harris. And we thought Brandon Harris was the future. Oh, we definitely have said that on this podcast that Brandon Harris was going to be the starter. I forgot about Brandon Harris. Oh my gosh! You just unlocked a memory in my brain that I sh- I just I avoided for so long. And do not forget, we also had Manny Miles, the quarterback. Manny Miles, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. I remember when we wanted less Miles to be the coach of Carolina? Oh well. Spe- okay, so speaking of coaches, have y'all been keeping up with the Scott Satterfield stuff? No. Yes. Not particularly. Yes, I, I saw a tweet about it, but that's it. <laughs> so, yes, Gus Satterfield is having some trouble at Louisville. So last year he won seven games. This year they have won three games up to this point. And there have been reports that Scott Satterfield was having – he did not interview – had conversations with South Carolina about the head coaching job there in Columbia, which led the athletic director of South Carolina to put out this statement saying, yes, we know that Scott Satterfield has had 
conversations with South Carolina, and we know that the fan base is squeamish about our head football coach, because remember, the last coach is Bobby Petrino. So they have reason to be skeptical of um, head coach motivations. But we have, quote-unquote, I don't think it's quote-unquote, but they're paraphrasing full confidence in Scott Satterfield that he'll stay around. And it ends up that he will stay around because they hired Scott Beamer. But there are reports that after Louisville has gone through, like, layoffs after layoffs after furloughs in their athletic department, that he asks, or his agent asks for an extension of his contract during a year that he has won three games. Louisville fan base is not very happy. Uh, no, I would not be happy either, honestly. <laughs> Which, okay. You gotta, you gotta shoot your shot. Yeah, really I mean... <laughs> by the way, this is the same coaching agent that uh, got... Um... Oh, Butch Davis. Got Butch Davis' extension in Carolina after he won four games in the season. So this is what this agent does. He gets extensions for coaches that are struggling. And I said on Twitter, is like one thing I, um, Colby was wrong about was Scott Satterfield. And I still kind of stand by that I was right about that. I also think that it seems that Scott Satterfield wants to be closer to home. Like, he, he wants to be in North or South Carolina. He wants to be closer to his parents. I don't think he likes being in Louisville, Kentucky. I think he wants to be back in ACC slash ICC country. And he'd probably be a bit more checked into the Carolina job than he is at the Louisville job. But I still don't think it would have gone. I don't think we would be at the state of the program we are with Mac Brown as we would have been with Scott Satterfield in this year of his experience, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that has been the wild takes of what's been happening. I don't know why anybody wants a South Carolina job, honestly. That sounds like a misery. No, it sounds like South Carolina. Missouri is a whole different job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like... South Carolina, you get blasted by Clemson. Every, you get blasted by your rival every single year. And you don't have any chance to win the SEC East because you're going to lose to Georgia and you're going to lose to Florida. Yeah, it's a rough it's a rough going. So now the team you have to beat every year is Kentucky. Kentucky, who has actually built up a little bit of a program in the last couple of years. And they aren't as easy of an out as they have been like the past 10 years. The South Carolina job is not an easy one. It's not one that I think any coach would want. So. Anyway, this is not an SEC podcast. <laughs> it just means more. Colby. I was going to say, this podcast does not just mean more. It just doesn't, it mean-, doesn't mean more. But the, uh, Carolina has Miami next week. I feel like the Miami game is going to tell us a lot about how this season ends up. It is at Miami, correct? Yes, correct. At 3.30 on ABC National Television. The last National Televised game we had on ABC at 3.30, I believe, was the Boston College game, which we did win. Um, Also on the road. But... This is going to be a bit of a tough one. We have struggled with mobile quarterbacks. So we saw with Brandon Armstrong at Virginia. This might be another shootout. I'm just hoping De'Aaron King doesn't embarrass us all game. It's going to be trying. And even though it's Western Carolina, our Stevens still didn't look particularly impressive. So it's just like, I don't know. We'll see. Um... I expect to win. I always try, expect to win. Even against Notre Dame, I expected to win. But I want to also temper my expectations. I think we can win. Um, I think it would be a big win for... It wouldn't be like a Notre Dame kind of win, but I think the program would benefit greatly from a win over a, like, a, like a Miami. So. I mean, if Clemson wins out and Notre Dame wins out and Clemson beats Notre Dame... In the ACC championship game, 
and we beat Miami. That's a lot of things to happen. But I mean, it's kind of a lot of things to happen, but I think it's in the realm of possibility. I do think Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. Um, Carolina is going to go to the Orange Bowl. And I feel like an Orange Bowl bowl, Orange Bowl birth for this team is a successful season. Yeah. I, I think oh, yeah. That an Orange Bowl birth for any team is a successful season. Well, outside of like Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State. But. I mean, like, any not Blue Blood team. What else happened in the college football world this week? Oh, Coastal BYU. My shot to clears. Mormons versus mullets. Mormons versus mullets. Um, BYU made the mistake of wanting to fight somebody in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of them had ever been to Myrtle Beach. I feel like there was a part of the game where they like flashed to like the BYU parent section and they all looked mortified <laughs> at what was happening. <laughs> Just aggressively unprepared for <laughs> the reality that is Myrtle Beach. I mean, technically Coastal is in Conway, which might be worse than <laughs> Myrtle Beach. I have been to Conway and yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Oh, man, that was a fun game, though. That was super fun. There should be more games that are scheduled two days in advance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for for those who don't know, they scheduled that game on Thursday. Thursday was the first day that the ADs talked to each other because it looked like Liberty wasn't going to be able to play the game due to COVID issues. And uh, honestly, I thought that BYU was going to try to schedule Cincinnati at some point between now. And when the committee put out their final rankings. But, I mean, Zach Wilson had the headband that said anywhere, any team, anytime, whatever. And they lived up to it. They went. I, I don't think me as an AD would ever play Coastal Carolina on short notice. It's because of that offense, but they went down there and put up a good showing. Coastal happened to be the better team on that day, but it was a super fun game, and I want more of those. It's like two diametrically opposed universities, and it's hilarious to me. (laughs) I mean, Myrtle Beach is the opposite of Provo, Utah, right? Yeah. (laughs) So. It was a good one. It was a super fun game. If you want to read my write-up on um, Coastal Carolina's offense, uh, popculturesup.com, uh, go to Topic, search sports. I'm There's only one article that's not by me that's about sports on pop cultures. <laughs> uh, so go check that out. Um, but I do love Coastal's offense there. They call it a spread option. I think it's just a triple option and a shotgun. It's whatever. It's a fun offense, and I like watching it. And I really think that South Carolina should have picked um, Coastal's head coach for their job, but I don't even think they extended an interview. But no, it was a fun game. Colby, I tuned in because Colby was commentating on it. We were playing games last <laughs> night. The end, though, was it was also very dramatic. It was on the on some Tennessee Titans uh, six inches from the goal line, like drama yeah. in the game. I did see a, a replay of that. I thought they were going to score. And they just wrapped him up and pulled him backwards. Super stressful I, for me, a, a lifelong Coastal fan. Yeah. Go Chance. Go Chance. Go Clears. It's Chance or Chance? It's not Chance to Clears. It's Chance to Clears. It's Chance to Clears. Clear. Chance. 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 <laughs> I don't understand how any within from Myrtle Beach can be pronounced fancy. <laughs> it's from Conway, I mean, please. please. It's from the Canterbury Tales, the Chanticleer. I don't think anything else interesting happened this week. I mean, Oklahoma State lost, but um, I again, I don't think that's interesting. Um, I'm scrolling through the top 25. Miami shut out Duke. Um, I think it's time to start having conversations about David Cutcliffe at Duke. Maybe. Everyone yeah. loves everyone loves Cutcliffe, but it hasn't been good for like the past three years. So I don't know. 
Anything else? Or should we move on to the NFL? Uh, I'm trying to think of anything college football. What are the what's the possibility if Coastal Carolina goes undefeated that they end up? If they make the playoff. No, I don't think it's gonna happen. Come on, it's, it's, I have to have something to look forward to. <laughs> it won't happen. Cincinnati's the best the best option of the G5 schools to make the playoff. Never tell me the they, odds. I mean, if um, to, if Tulsa stays ranked, which they should, and Tulsa should win out, and they play um, Cincinnati in the AAC championship game, that'll be like the number 17 beating the number 20-something team to win their conference championship. The American is good. No, do not support the American. The Power Six is the most annoying thing. Uh, okay, they are not the Power Six, but this year, Cincinnati is a really good team. And let's say that in the, I think of the very possible scenario that Alabama wins the SEC. Uh, Notre Dame wins the ACC, so Clemson ends up with two losses. Um, Ohio State get, plays their last game against Michigan, which is tenuous um, because um, Jim Throw Harbaugh might. Yeah, I mean, Jim Harbaugh might go kiss his brother on the mouth um, <clears throat> to go get <laughs> to get COVID and cancel the, <laughs> the Ohio State game. And then Cincinnati is undefeated with another top 25 win in their belt. Do you put... I mean, I do you put um, Cincinnati in the playoff? Because there's going to be a two-loss SEC team, whether it's um, Texas A&M or Florida. Or are you going to put a two-loss Clemson team in? To the playoff. Oh, David, I know what you want to talk about, by the way. Dave Doran, oh, Coach of the Year. Oh, have you seen my, have <laughs> it, my, do my Twitter likes pop up on your on your feed? I think you retweeted something, actually. Did I retweet something? Yeah, oh, oh, NC State, please extend Dave Doran. Please. <laughs> he is having a great year. Extend. Wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. Who is your ACC Coach of the Year, if not Dave Doran? Brian uh, Kelly? Yeah. I honestly, I think you gave. It's like I know it's like, but like think about it. Like, NC State has played like. Hold on, I'm trying to remember the exact stat. I liked a tweet earlier. Give me a second to pull it up. I have it. Like, I mean, all three of their losses have been from coastal teams, and all of their wins have been from the bottom half of the ACC. And that's what. That's kind of the point that I'm trying to get at. Like all of their wins, and I I realize you can't. You can't you play who's in front of you but this illusion that this is some kind of extraordinary coaching job happening is just not i just don't think it's true i don't know they beat liberty and liberty is a good win this year yeah, liberty is a good win yeah yeah a and broken clock is right twice a day if they have battled through covid issues for most of the year and they have still beaten the teams they're supposed to beat I don't think it's a bad thing for Dave Doran to get coach of the year. I would probably give it to um, Bronco Mendenhall at Virginia or Jeff Halfley. I think both of those programs have had zero COVID cases all year, and I think that is more impressive than NC State winning eight games. But you know, I just, I just don't want to give it to Brian Kelly because I, I know. I, I, just, I just really don't want to give it to Brian Kelly. I, I don't want to give it to it. I it's I am a Greensboro like a... native. I am oh. from the I am from ACC headquarters. I have literally worked in ACC headquarters. It's I feel super weird about anyone from Notre Dame football getting any sort of honors for the ACC. I would probably give it to Jeff Hafley or Rock Hall. It would be the most 2020 thing it for would. him to win ACC Coach of the Year. And then they would think, peace out at the end. <laughs> I think there's enough press like me where they're like, no, I, I, they're, I'm not giving you this to Notre Dame. I mean, yeah, I, think, I, don't, I don't think that he will. But I mean, I just think so. Dave, like, listen, if they want to ex- if they want if they want to say that this is a great coaching job and they want to extend Dave Dorn 
and they want to say, oh my gosh, we want to keep you forever. Sure. I'll take you. Do it. (laughs) Yeah. I hope so. (laughs) It's what I thought was going to happen with Josh Passner over at Georgia Tech, but. Hey, just got a program defining win against Kentucky. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll see. I just, I just don't, I don't believe that. Joe, 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 Giglio, Giglio over at. uh, Just a Gigolo. Yeah, he he's a he's a huge NC State guy, and I also I follow he he's like he's a he's a good reporter, and he's a, he's good at doing what he does. He just pisses me off sometimes with some of his takes. <laughs> like he just has this like air of like, well, UNC fans, you can't do this and then say this, and I'm like, shut up, nerd! Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's count- toned that down. He's toned that down a little bit since he um got off the NC State beat, but it's still like kind of there. I just think he's but, more uh, pretentious. <laughs> no, really? but, okay, maybe. So this might be a week too early, but who are y'all pulling for in the ACC championship game? Because at this point, I do not like Dabo. But I really, do I not like Notre Dame fans more? I don't know which one I want to win. I really don't. I'm rooting for Notre Dame because I hate Dabo that much. Have you seen Notre Dame fans though? Yeah, I feel it's it's the battle of it's the battle of two obnoxious obnoxious fan bases, or I guess an obnoxious coach and an obnoxious fan base and team. I I feel like they would be insufferable if they won the ACC and peaced out for the next ten years. Like it would just be the most annoying thing because like. You know, like coastal fans, like t- fans of the coastal teams, they know what the deal is. You go into the game, you know you're going to lose to Clemson, and you go home. Like, <laughs> it's accepted. It's how you go into the game. I feel like there's a kinship with us in Virginia and Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech and Duke and whatever, Pitt and, and Pitt. I feel like Notre Dame just doesn't fit in with us. And they're being way too braggy about how the season is going. Which, this is a better Notre Dame team than this than Notre Dame has been in the past several years. But still. Their QB has a weird face, and it bothers me. Ian Book has a weird face. The chaotic side of me wants Clemson to win so that Notre Dame and Clemson can play two games in a row. That would be interesting. Yeah, I think I'm going to end up pulling for Clemson just because I really like Trevor Lawrence and I want him to do well. Um, I think I'm, I will pull for Clemson despite Dabo. But man, I really don't like him either. As I am obliged to say whenever his name gets mentioned, Trevor Lawrence is uglier in person. <laughs> I have been about five feet away from him, and <laughs> he's so worse in person. That's I'm, so just, I'm just saying the truth. I don't know if he deserved all that. <laughs> well, dang. Alright, let's get to the NFL. Game of the week, Browns-Titans. The Browns <laughs> have a winning record for the 2020 season. First time since when? Let's relish in that for a moment. <laughs> the Browns are going to finish the 2020 season with a Wait, winning record. But I thought every year was a Super Bowl year, so this shouldn't be anything new, right? Well, you still got to relish in the positive <laughs> moments, please. Uh, I love you, Aaron. <laughs> love you, too. Um... We won 41-35, but being honest, the game was not nearly as close as the score. Um, The second half, we just played what my family affectionately calls Jim Trestle Ball, where instead of playing to win, you play not to lose. Um, Yeah. We went into the half up 38-7, and like... Yeah, that's a lot of points. 
Um, yeah, he was dealing. Baker yeah. was dealing. I was going to say, my boy, you always talk crap about him, but I say when he's good, he is good. Credit where credit is due. He was also, dealing. Carolina alum MJ Stewart came up with a huge red zone interception. I didn't even realize he was on the Browns until last week. Um, okay. Okay, yes, the Browns won this game, but... <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. There's I, always I a be, but. I have to be this guy. I feel like... If another team in the playoffs, if another team jumped on the Browns, like y'all jumped on the Titans today, it would be a similar sort of game. I don't think that Ryan Tannehill is any... Or never mind, let me say this. I don't think Baker Mayfield is any better than Ryan Tannehill. And I feel like the strength of both of y'all's teams is the running game. And running a team that is great at running the ball can go deep in the playoffs, but if you run up against a team that is elite at stopping the run, it's very is harder to get your passing game going than it is to get your running game going. If you don't have an elite quarterback that can pick apart a defense. So I feel like you you might run up against the same problem that Mav and his boys ran up against today. Yeah, I mean, if like you were saying, a running if a running team gets behind by three, four touchdowns, then they no longer can run because it burns the clock and they have to get the ball moving quicker. So we just did not put ourselves in a very good position whatsoever. We didn't lose. I didn't watch any bit of the game. So, I think that my favorite play of the game was Baker Mayfield having a one-yard touchdown pass to 350-pound offensive lineman Kendall Lamb. Um, we have been nailing it on trick plays all season. Jarvis also had a really nice throw. Um, honestly, Jarvis Landry would be a decent backup quarterback. Might be a bit uh, of a hot take, but if we found ourselves in a Denver Broncos situation, I mean, no, he's he's not. Uh, but <laughs> he has a touchdown pass this year, and he completed the pass today. Aaron. He's like two for two this year, I'm pretty sure. Aaron, he might be three for three. Yes, Aaron, no. He has he has like the let me dream he throws, he throws passes like somebody doing like a windmill fighting motion. That is his throwing motion. It's just him like going all the way back with his arm and throwing it. No, he is not a backup quarterback. I do want to talk about really quickly, if we're not if we're moving on for the brown thing. Um Jalen Hurts versus Carson Wentz. So they subbed Jalen in towards the end of the game, and he made, he made it close against the Packers. Threw a, some nice dimes, threw a touchdown, which is more than Carson Wentz did. Um, and there were some Twitter reports, not Twitter reports, there were some reports that I saw on Twitter, not like, you know, Twitter users that are like, yeah, I'm a reporter. Um, uh, that were talking about how, you know, Carson Wentz having the competition at, backup, at, at QB is actually detrimental to him, and he's actually taking a step back. Because he's not handling the, the the pressure from from them drafting a QB well. I saw that as well. I don't know how much I believe that, but I I did. See I don't that know. Report. But it makes great great television. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have watched a couple YouTube videos about like what's wrong with Carson Wentz, and it's a combination of things. Part of it are his mechanics. His mechanics are bad. Like. I, the uh, I think last week as we were recording, it was the game against the Seahawks, and all of his interceptions were because of bat mechanics. So, I don't know how you fix that if he's like, what, this is his fifth or sixth year in the league? He's an old head now. Yeah, this is about when they were like talking about Cam and his mechanics. Like, I, at this point, I don't think you can fix that. So. And some of it is play calling, but again, you can't fix that without firing the head or firing the play caller, which I think is Doug Peterson right now. 
which I think is on the hot, is definitely on the hot seat, which is kind of crazy considering, you know, they're removed from their first Super Bowl. What? It was two, three years ago? It was Something like that, yeah. Three seasons ago, because it was twenty eight the twenty eighteen Super Bowl, whatever yeah. Super Bowl that was. Because I remember I watched it from Colby and Paul's apartment and we were all jangling our keys every time <laughs> there was a big play. Oh my goodness, that was fun. That was a fun day. That was a really fun day. Um, anything else with the NFL this week? Uh, this week as in this current week or the upcoming week or both? Either. Uh, the Browns can clinch a playoff berth next week. At least we were able to going into today. I don't know if that is still... Let me check. I believe we can clinch the playoffs one week from today. If we beat the Ravens. The Panthers are still in culture building mode. We also had a bye week this week, so... We won the bye. We did win the bye. Nothing we, bad happened. I didn't realize that bye. I didn't realize that bye weeks happened this late. Yeah, uh, this is the last bye week. I yeah, we we clinched playoffs. If we, got it. We clinched the playoffs if we win this week or this coming week. I mean, oh, maybe not. I I don't understand five thirty eights like odds thing because the odds like jump around, and it went from clinched playoffs to greater than ninety nine percent. Either way, if we win against Baltimore, we're making the playoffs. All right. What else sports do we have to talk about this week? Oh, NBA. Russell Westbrook. Does the is NBA going to start this week or next week? What did you ask? Aaron? I was going to ask if the NBA starts this week or next week. Uh, a couple. Yeah, twenty seconds is the first game. God. Yes, Russell Westbrook went to Wizards. That was probably the big move. Traded for John Wall in the first rounder. Second rounder, I think. Yeah, I don't know how this is gonna go. I feel like John Wall fits better in Houston than I feel. I don't know where you can put Russell Westbrook in. It it's a Good fit, you know. I feel like the best you can get with yeah. Russell Westbrook as a pay, as a player is an okay fit, just because of how ball dominant he is. Yeah, I agree. I think that I also don't. I still don't know what John Wall is really going to do for the Rockets. I mean, I guess the best team is when they had a solid point guard when they had CP3, uh, but also John Wall's health is nowhere near what CP3's is. Yeah. We know. I mean, we haven't seen John Wall in a, in a very long time. Um, I don't know if y'all saw, but the Cavs were in the discussion for Russell Westbrook for about five minutes. And I do not understand why in the world we would have been going after Russell Westbrook, considering we are in the middle of a rebuild. How do you feel about Cleveland's um, City Edition uniforms with the with the mixed up font? At first, I thought they were bad, but the more I look at them, the more I like them. Especially when you see the explanation behind them, how it's like tributes to a bunch of bands that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's like a really cool idea. Yeah, a lot of people are crapping on it. I like them. I think they're cool. I do think that they look like a ransom note made from like cutting letters out of magazines. <laughs> yeah. They're not they're not the Knicks uniform. Ooh. Oh, they're bad. Those are bad. I'm still jealous of how cool Miami's uniforms yeah, are. Miami's are always I'm, amazing. I'm so upset by how good they are cuz I hate <laughs> Miami and everything about them and they look so damn good. Oh man. Hornets with Going st- like Queen. always will maintain Hornets colorway is the best in the NBA, but the team is ass. <laughs> it's such a waste to have the Hornets colorway on such a bad team. It will be cool seeing Lamelo. No, wait, no, yeah, Lamelo. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Thinking, oh, that's something else we gotta talk about. Sorry, draft. 
Uh, just specifically, Jello is in the league now. Yeah. All three Ball Brothers are in the league. We They're want Jello. Isn't Jello going to the G League? Nice. No, he got uh, signed by the Pistons. Yeah, he got signed by the Pistons. We want Jello. Why? He's not that good. Uh, he's really something. not that I good. Liked, I just liked at the draft two years ago. <laughs> The Lakers fans in the second round were chanting, "We want Jello." <laughs> and then, I think I really like Phoenix's city edition, the Valley. Uh, oh yeah, I think Oklahoma cool. or, or I meant uh, Golden States. Like their play on their old colorways look really nice. I want us to say Oakland. Yeah, I think. Cool. Yeah, Dallas went full Real Madrid uh, with ours. With white and gold. I for the most part I like the city edition uniforms. Just a Nixer. I like Nixer just having a new jersey. It's a new jersey every year. I think that's it's fun and exciting and also mm-hmm. just from a business perspective, there's gonna be jersey heads that buy the new jersey every single year. Yeah. Oh, by the way, after the podcast I have something to show y'all it just remind me when we're done. Gotcha. But speaking have, about like, being done. I, I... <laughs> Oh, go ahead, Aaron. I was just gonna say I kind of miss like back in the day with when Adidas had the uniforms that it wasn't like as restricted because like teams could like do like more throwback uniforms or like have team specific things like the Cavs for like the last five or six years of the Adidas uniforms had Cav fanatic uniforms where it was like an it mixed a different era's colors with the different era's uniforms. And, like, things like that, I feel like, are cool that we lose with the Nike uniforms. But, overall, I think, like, the city... I agree, the city uniforms are cool. What else do you want to talk about this week? That's all I had on the rundown in my head. Yeah. Did, uh, do we want to talk about Mando at all? I haven't watched the most recent episode. Oh, okay. I think we could probably just chalk it up, maybe do a full pod just reviewing the season. That sounds like a good Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, oh, I did mean to ask y'all this. How do y'all feel about the whole HBO Max Warner Brothers thing? Sure. Why not? I don't want to talk about it now, but it was definitely definitely interesting to me. Yeah, let's talk about it. Because I, I mean, I didn't want to pay money to see Dune, uh, but I'll watch it from my couch, <laughs> so I'm down for it. It's it's. I don't think this is as drastic. I don't think it's going to be the death of the movie theater, but it definitely puts an interesting wrinkle into the into the thing. Especially like we don't know how the whole coronavirus thing is going to end up. Especially with like, you know, I don't even know what's going to happen a day from now, an hour from now, let alone like. How we're, what it's going to look like in a couple months when, you know, if coronavirus ends soon. So, but um, I don't know. It's definitely an interesting strategic, strategic move. Um, I just, I hope, if anything, this drives down the price of going to the movies. That would be amazing. Because <laughs> I like going to, I like the, I remember us going to see The Last Jedi. That was um, so much fun. And that it was, was really time. fun. I had a great time. We go to the you go to the movie. It's an experience. We were waiting in that line all together, like the buzz around. Everyone was in their freaking costumes. Like I love that crap. Like I think that's awesome. I I don't want that. I don't want that kind of experience to go away. You know. So you know. I hope that you know the whole theater industry doesn't doesn't die off. But it is getting to be considerably more expensive to partake in it which is a little bit ridiculous to me so well, maybe this does some good so i don't know for sure my amc a list is going to expire it's on an old debit card number of mine so even if I, they wanted to turn it back on they couldn't but I, I like going to the movies and i'm not going to until it's safe to do so and i haven't been to the movies since i think the last movie i saw was the way back in february the um the Ben Affleck coaching as a someone who abuses alcohol yeah <laughs> movie that came out yeah incredibly <laughs> exactly ago that, that was this year so 
I'm excited for it. I, my family has already made plans on Christmas to sit around the TV and watch Wonder Woman 84. So I'm pumped. I'm excited to get to see these movies. And I don't think it's going to kill theaters because, you know, humans have an incredibly short uh, memory. They're like a great quarterback. They never remember anything. So once the pandemic is over, everything, I feel like most things will grow back to some sort of what we used to, um, used to being for them. So. I have not been to a movie since I saw The Rise of Skywalker. And I need an I'm IV. Sorry. I like, need an IV of uh, movie theater butter ASAP. Yeah, man. There's something different about going to movie theater. The popcorn movie theater smell. It's just and just and just having the just drenching your popcorn in your <laughs> butter. Mm-hmm. Also, putting bunch of crunch in your in your popcorn. Underrated Snaps. movie. Snaps. Yes. So good. Yes. Do so y'all good. ever? Do y'all are y'all pro or anti sneaking food and or drink into movies? Pro. For so legal pro. for legal reasons, I am against. <laughs> My guy, I have brought like full chicken sandwiches into the movies. Damn. My mother sneaks like a whole meals. Like I've, I've <laughs> here, I snuck a cookout tray into a, into a movie theater once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. Definitely sodas. At the very least, you sneak sodas in. Like water? Sodas, he said. Sodas. Yeah, I know what pop is. Shut up. God. (laughs) Pop you. (laughs) (laughs) A substitute teacher once said that to me, but not because I was saying pop. Because I was was eating a Pop-Tart before class, so... And she was like, what are you eating? And I was like, a Pop-Tart. And she was like, I'll pop you. Oh, <laughs> that's a little yikes! That's that's a lot from from it your is. teacher. Substitute teacher. <laughs> All right. Anything All else? Right. I think it's time to go. So long, farewell. Meet again. Oh, okay. Matt Have just went ahead and, and got out of here. Okay, so. If Mav goes, I guess we'll also go. So we'll talk to y'all next week.